Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. On this podcast, I'm inviting you into my personal library to experience my favorite erotica. All of the volumes that I will read from are on my shelves. Each week, I will treat you to a piece of erotica, either my own or from one of my favorite authors. Some weeks, I will be joined by these amazing authors themselves, and you will have the chance to hear them read their own work. This podcast is being supported by my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. For people who subscribe, you will have access to special interviews with authors and readings and also to special events. So grab your drink of choice, get comfortable, and enjoy a peek into my erotic world. So hey everyone, welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Library of Erotica. Um, Today I have a special treat for you. Today Elizabeth Schechter is joining us. Elizabeth Schechter has been called one of the top erotica and alternative sexuality writers in the world. Her writing credits include the award-winning steampunk erotic romance House of Sable Locks, the Celtic fantasy Princes of Air, and the ongoing Heir to the Firstborn serial, her first foray into new adult fantasy. She was born in New York at some point in the past. She's officially old enough to know better, but refuses to grow up. She lives in Central Florida with her husband and her son. Um, Elizabeth can be found online at um, ElizabethSchechterWrites.com, on her Facebook at Elizabeth.A.Schechter, and you can also find her on Patreon, um, and that's E.A. Schechter, and all of these links will be in the podcast notes. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm just getting into the whole podcast thing. (laughs) I think this is only my third. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, we have a lot of fun doing these. What are you going to read for us today? Uh, today, I'm going to be reading from Tales from the Arena, Opening Gambit, uh, which is out from Circlet Press. And this is my hard science fiction uh, erotic romance involving super soldiers who are who were, were created to stop a war and they did but they're also like the perfect predator and if they don't hunt they go crazy so they were given something to hunt they are the perfect predators they are the perfect dominance and the experiments that created them also created the perfect submissives uh-huh. so what we have here is uh, the first meeting between our hero and our heroine. This one actually is um, hetero- more heteronormative than my you writing usually gets. But, um, but yeah, what we have, this is chapter one of Tales from the Arena, Opening Gambit. The celebration was loud and rowdy, but remained good-natured something that the restaurateurs appreciated when the troop of Ishkarin moved on. Gavir was highly respected among the men and women of his division, and his recent promotion to Kiantios, second only to Karan Rantiar himself, was considered by the greatest majority of Ishkarin to have been well-deserved. 
when the promotion had been announced, a round dozen of his troops, many of whom had served under him since he'd been division captain of their cadet troop, had made arrangements for an evening pass. A night on the town, dinner, a show, and finishing off the night at the arena. Honestly, you didn't need to do this, Gavir shouted, laughing as two of his men towed him toward the arena entrance. You've done for us, for years, Dellen, his division quartermaster, said from behind him. Let us take care of you for once, sir. No sirs, Dellen protested, not from you lot. You call me by my name. Rank must be observed, sir, Dellen answered. Gavir turned and saw the other swords smirking at him. Dellen, what are you up to? Gavir asked, tugging his arms free and stopping just outside the arena doors. Dellen looked at the other swords, then nodded. All right, we made a reservation for you tonight. Here, now come along or you'll be late. A reservation? Dellen, I've never needed a reservation before. That's because you have no taste, Dellen answered, his voice tart as he repeated something that Gavir had said of himself a thousand times. You take the first collar that catches your eye. No, we're going to make a connoisseur out of you, Gavir. Mark me on that. A con- What in the creator's name kind of reservation did you make? You'll see, Dellen answered. Gavir snorted with amusement and let the troop steer him inside. In the five years since the ruling council had agreed to the proposal set forth by Koran, the arena had become such a focal point that there was talk of changing the name of the very city from Neron to Arena City. Once, this building had been part of the university, home to their championship gravity ball team. Then, after the war, it had been a refugee camp until the council took it over and had it renovated. Now, it was simply the arena, home to the Tarkin, the White Collars, and favorite hunting ground of the Ishkarin who were not in the field. Gavir had no idea how the Tarkin were chosen, but the ones who made it through their training, something he'd been ensured was every bit as grueling as sword training, served for five years. The first 100 had been released from their collars only the previous week, rewarded for their services with high caste status and lifetime pensions. Perhaps there was a new crop of collar, he thought as he identified himself to the gray-clad trainee behind the desk. Gavir allowed his identichip to be scanned, then, then accepted the control band of the trainee locked around his wrist, waiting until it showed the green lights that meant it had synced to his wrist comp to the arena Pardon me. That meant it had synced his wrist comp to the arena central control computer. The others of the troop followed suit, and they headed toward the lift with more laughing and ribald jokes about Gavir's admittedly bad taste in partners. The lift doors opened again to let them out into the lounge. The bar area was already crowded with Ishkarin and civil civilians alike, sitting at tables with food and drinks, chatting in corners were gathered around the large windows that looked down onto the floor. Gavir wandered over and looked down, smiling as he saw the people milling around between the stations. Things weren't busy on the floor yet. He'd have his choice of equipment. Good. His fingers curled slightly as his thoughts turned darker. The whipping crossed first, perhaps. Old-fashioned, yes, but so incredibly satisfying. Gavir? Gavir heard Dellen call his name and turned and saw red, brilliant red, the color of fresh blood. He blinked, staring at the crimson-clad woman standing in front of him. As he watched, she went to her knees, bowing her head as she said, Kiantios, I serve.
He knew who she was. Eris was one of the hundred, and there was no one among the ranks of swords who didn't at least know her name. She was easily the most celebrated among the collared, one of only a handful of women to volunteer when the call went out, and one of only 12 who made it through training and took the collar to become a Tarkin. Gavir knew of her, but he had never actually worked with her. Her skills were widely in demand, and she was never available for spur-of-the-moment assignation. There were those who called her the queen of the arena, as beautiful as a blade, as alluring as the bloodlust. Red? Gavir looked at Delon. Red collars? Some of the hundred chose to remain in their collars when their contracts ended, Delon answered. The council created a new rank for them. They're called Taramar. Gavir nodded, walking over to slowly circle the kneeling woman. The red suits you, he growled, feeling his blood rise as he watched the muscles of her back flex and shift under her skin as she shivered. Her dark hair was short, bearing the long, graceful column of her neck, and her creamy skin was amazingly unmarked. The perfect canvas. She must respond well to regen, Gavir mused as he reached down to trail his fingernails over the knob of her spine just under her collar. Stand up, Iris. I want to see you. She rose, crossing her wrists behind her back as Gavir walked around her once more. She was tall for a woman, almost as tall as he was, and he admired the way her long muscles wrapped around her bones, the strength in her long legs and the sweet curve of her hips and waist. He wondered what she would look like when she was screaming. He stopped in front of her and smiled. Look at me, Iris. She looked up an almost insolent gleam in her startlingly pale blue eyes. There was a challenge there, and Gavir suddenly knew why she was so much in demand. There was something else, too. He looked at her, met her eyes, and asked, what are you thinking? She looked startled, but recovered quickly. Had no one ever asked her that before? He arched an eyebrow when she didn't answer, and she blushed. I want to get the hair out of your eyes, she admitted. It was Gavir's turn to be laugh, to be startled, and then he laughed out loud. After a full day on duty that ended with being practically kidnapped by his men, he was well aware that his uniform was rumpled, and that his oft-times annoying curly hair had started to escape from the heavy layer of pomade that he used to keep it under control. But no one, be they sword or collared, had ever commented on it before. Amused and intrigued, he crossed his arms over his chest and nodded. Go ahead. She hesitated, and Gavir watched as the tip of her tongue flickered out to lick her lips. Then she stepped forward, close enough that he could smell her, the soft fragrance of her, of her soap not quite masking the alluring, oh-so-female musk and the slight hint of fear. He didn't move as she came closer still, until he could feel the heat radiating off her body, as she reached out and gently tucked back the errant lock of hair. It immediately fell back down, and she smiled. It has a mind of its own, she murmured. So do you, Gavir said. I like that. Shall we go down? May I offer you a drink first, Kantios? She asked. Thank you. Perhaps after? If you wish. She crossed her wrists behind her back again and raised her chin. Will you mark me? Oh, what an invitation, he said with a laugh, taking his personal sigil from his pouch. He pressed the seal to the front of her collar. When he removed it, he saw his own identicon had appeared on the small panel. She was his now. Gentlemen, he said, not looking away from Iris, thank you for your congratulations 
and for what is promising to be a most enjoyable evening. Please enjoy yourselves. Control? The central compu control computer spoke at once. What is your will, Cantius? My companions, whatever they will have on my account. Acknowledged. Gavir, this is supposed to be your night, Dellen protested. Gavir looked at him and smiled. It is, and it pleases me to reward my men for their glorious taste and for their attempt to educate my palate. Enjoy yourself, Dellen. He looked back at Iris and nodded. Shall we? She smiled back at him. Yes, Cantius. He touched his wrist comp as they turned toward the lift, towards the lift, and heard Iris catch her breath as the magnetic beads at her wristbands activated, binding her wrists behind her back. Gavir reached out and rested his hand on the back of her neck, feeling her shiver slightly. Then she took a, took a step closer to him, pressing in close to her side, to his side. A very enjoyable night indeed, he thought, as he steered her toward the lift. <coughs> Excuse me. Gather guided Iris out of the lift and stopped, closing his eyes and letting the sounds and smells of the arena wash over him. The screams of the collared who were in use, the scent of synth leather and ozone mingled with the sharp tangs of fear and lust. He hadn't been on a battlefield in months, and coming here was the closest he could really come to unleashing the beast within. He could feel his blood rising, and he stepped behind Iris and pulled her back against him. Tell me what you're afraid of, Iris, he growled into her ear. She whimpered softly and pulled against his grip. He could feel her shivering slightly, but she didn't answer his question. You'll tell me before I'm done, he assured her. I won't. Her voice was a bare hint of a whisper, and he laughed softly. A challenge. You're a delight, He's, and I haven't even made you scream yet, he said, pushing her forward. I was thinking of the whipping frames, but now, oh, now I have other plans for you, my dear. For you and your lovely skin. Control. Acknowledged. Is the easel available? Affirmative. Wonderful. As Gavir pushed Iris ahead of him toward the easel, he heard a rustle of whispers following in their wake. He knew why. There were not many among the swords who cultivated either the patience or the artistry to use the easel. Of those, of those few, Gavir was regarded as one of, if not the best. It was, however, a time-consuming pastime. Not something to be indulged in when one had to be on shift in six hours' time. It had been months since he'd done this last. By the time Gavir and Iris had reached the easel's enclosure, word had spread and a crowd had started to gather. Gavir nodded, but his focus was solely on Iris and her sudden, surprising hesitation. Have you never done this before? He asked, touching his wrist comp and releasing her wrists. She shook her arms out before answering. Not this, no. I've heard about it, seen it done, seen you do it, but never all of it. Ah. A learning experience, then, Gavir said. He smiled and held out his hand, bowing slightly. This way, my dear. He helped her step up into the hollow framework, telling her where to hold on while he secured her ankles in place inside the frame for att before attaching the leads to her ankle bands. Then he stepped up in front of her and showed her the places for her hands, locking her wrist bands into place as well. He jumped down and walked around the frame, 
nodding in satisfaction as he reached out and unfastened the catches to, on her belt, letting the long silk panels of her loincloth flutter to the ground. The band that crossed her breasts followed, and Gavir kicked the discarded clothing out of the way before returning to admire the, admire the pale perfection that was Iris' skin, broken only by the control bands on her arms and legs and around her waist. Like most female collared, she was completely hairless from the neck down, and Gavir could already smell her arousal. You're practically unmarked, he said, moving to the table and uncovering a jar. He picked up a brush and tucked it behind his ear as he looked at her. Either you've been treated very gently, or you take regen better than most. Which is it? Her ancest was the closest that Gavir had ever heard to indignant from any of the collared. None of the collared are ever treated gently. And I'm not about to start, Gavir added with a laugh. He looked over the waiting supplies and smiled. The control computer had apparently made note of his preferences. There was a simple blindfold, no more than a strip of silk, waiting next to the brushes. He picked up a length of cloth and stepped up onto the riser behind Iris. You're quite lovely, he murmured into her ear as he blindfolded her. This will only make you more beautiful. He jumped down and picked up a pot of paint. If he had not been born to the blade, Gavir sometimes thought that he might have become an artist. The allure of paint and brush or pen and ink was something he found almost as enticing as the beautiful symmetry of his sword or the deadly perfection of his gun. He could and had gotten lost in artistic creation, experienced an ecstatic state that he found very close to the blood fury that drove him during battle. He felt that building as he painted Iris, covering her skin with muted designs of gold and burnt umber, laying over those patterns traceries and shades of ruby and lapis. He painted her nipples midnight blue and laid over that a pattern of silver that resembled fine lace, a pattern that he reproduced on her bare pubes. He heard her gasping as the rough brush trailed over the sensitive skin there and leaned close to blow on the paint, making her moan and thrust her hips forward. Almost finished, my dear, Gavir told her, picking up another paint pot, almost. Down the line of her back, from the knob of her spine to where her hips flared and flowed down onto her ass, he painted a waterfall, copying his memories of one that he'd seen once on patrol in the mountains. His reproduction crashed in magnificent power and fury against the painted rocks at the base of her spine, sending up sprays of foam and mist that he rendered in bright white paint, tapping the sharp bristles against her side perhaps a bit harder than was necessary. He painted faster now, urgency starting to overcome artistry. The paint was thick and stayed wet a long time, but if the paint dried completely, he would have to start over. Finally, he stepped back, dropping his brush onto the tray that was now littered with dirty brushes and half-filled pots of paint. There was a smattering of applause and Gavir turned, seeing familiar faces against the outside of the enclosure. He smiled and sketched a mock bow, drawing laughter from them. Then he turned back to the frame, spinning it slowly so that Iris was on display, so that everyone could see the painted canvas that she had become from the hollow of her throat to her ankles. Now, Gavir said, now just let me sign the painting. He picked up the control board for the frame, considered Iris for a minute, then pushed all the switches to full power. Iris shrieked, her entire body going taut as the conductive paint started to transmit an electrical charge over her skin. 
Gavir let her full the, feel the full force of the charge for a count of 10, then ease the switches back down, leaving her gasping and whimpering in her bonds. That was very nice, he murmured, touching the controls. His fingers danced over the panel, sending current racing through the different receptors embedded within the thick paint, making Iris twitch and moan and scream as she tried futilely to escape the torture device that he had laid onto her very skin. Gavir continued until he saw the paint starting to crack and flake, breaking the circuits. With a sigh, he set the control board aside. Art was so fleeting. <laughs> God, that was wonderful. Okay. <laughs> that was a fun scene to research. Um, I, I make jokes about, you know, people who write erotic romance have their own personal NSA agents because of our research histories. Mine is Bob. NSA Bob. <laughs> NSA Bob gets an education every time I start a new book. And this one was conductive paint and electrostim. Do they actually work together? Because there is such a thing as electroconductive paint. I did not know that. This is, um, this is probably going to be very appreciated news to many of my listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is it's not, it doesn't conduct a current high enough yet to work for electrostim. But it was the, okay, it, it exists, therefore, at some point, the level of technology will be there, therefore, I can have fun with it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's wonderful. So thank you so very much. That was fantastic. Thank um, you. And, okay, guys, so, um, again, I haven't done my lineup yet, so I don't know who's coming next, because this is the way it's been working with me since the very beginning. Um, I'm just interviewing people and putting them up as I can. Uh, if you want to hear more and you want to know more about Elizabeth and how she works and what brought her to do all this stuff, you need to join the Patreon. All of this will be up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your good podcasts. You'll also be able to download it from my site, drlaurybethbisbee.press, and it'll be on my Patreon as an open post. But if you want the extras and the perks, you need to follow. Um, why am I doing it this way? Because um, I had to invest in quite a bit of equipment to be able to keep providing this to you. And this actually is what pays for the equipment um, that allows me to make good podcasts and um, keep going and keep all this rolling along week after week. Um, and those of you who are aware of my um, online radio show, The A to Z of Sex, which is with boysamerica.com, know that um, that's got production costs to it as well. So that's what my Patreon supports so that I can go on having fun and then you can go on having fun. So I hope you all enjoyed this. I'll see y'all next week. And uh, in the meantime, have a really good one. Thanks for joining me on this erotic adventure. Join me again next week for more exciting erotica. Visit my websites, drlaurybethbisbee.com and drlaurybethbisbee.press for more information about what I'm doing and what services are available. Check out my weekly internet radio show, The A to Z of Sex, on the Health and Wellness Channel, voiceamerica.com, Thursdays at 11 a.m. PST, 2 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. BST, and that's a live show. If you've got suggestions for this show or authors you'd like to hear, email me at laurybeth at drlaurybethbisbee.press. Have a great week. <laughs>